Coming up, we'll talk about how to keep your performers safe from your guests. Welcome to the Haunted Attraction Network. I'm your host, Philip. And here at the Haunted Attraction Network, we bring you information on the haunted attraction industry every weekday. You can browse our catalog of over 700 episodes on any topic in the industry on our podcast website. The link is in the show notes. And while you're there, you can sign up for our free weekly newsletter covering everything Halloween and haunted attractions. Today, we're playing an episode from one of our partner stations, A Scott in the Dark, hosted by Scott Swenson. In this episode, Scott discusses the recent violence against performers and what you can do to keep your performers safe this coming season. Just a reminder, this episode is from one of our partner stations, A Scott in the Dark, and if you have already listened to it on his channel, you can skip this show. Before I hand it over to Scott, I have one last ask from you, and that is to please share this content if you find it useful. That really is the best way to support the show and to help us grow organically is for you to share this content with someone that you think will benefit from it or find it useful in some way. Okay, here's Scott. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the dark. Um, obviously not in the dark, nor am I in my home studio, if you're watching this on video. I am in Houston, Texas, and I'm doing some work with Space Center Houston. But there's been a couple of things that have happened, <clears throat> excuse me, over the last few weeks that I've been thinking about and wanted to talk about and how it's going to affect us in the haunted attraction industry. And that is violence against performers. Um, we, we, you know, obviously there was the big one with, with, the Academy Awards, which was, you know, Chris Rock and, and, uh, and Will Smith. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to beat that one into the ground, but um, you know, it also with Dave Chappelle being tackled um, at the Hollywood bowl just recently, I think it's important to maybe discuss this just a little bit more. Um, I think it's important to recognize that there's a possibility that this kind of behavior and the reactions to this kind of behavior may actually <clears throat> encourage people to be even more violent than they ever have been before. Um, the thing that concerns me the most is this kind of behavior and the response to this kind of behavior seems to have created a new sense of empowerment against performers um, and certainly in the haunted attraction industry, you know, this has always been a problem. You know, it, 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 we'll get into that in, in a bit more in a minute. But my biggest concern is that since we're seeing more and more of this and since we're um, seeing more and more of it on the news and in social media and all that sort of stuff, the question comes up, is this going to be a season where guests will be more aggressive towards live performers in the haunted industry? And I'll be honest. I I don't I don't know the answer, um, but I would rather talk about it now and have us prepped for it than have it have us just say no, it's not going to be an issue. Everything will be fine because um, I, I think we're going to run into a situation of what I call monkey see monkey do behavior, um, or if I'm being a little bit less kind, we're empowering the idiot. So when they see somebody get national attention for uh, attacking a celebrity. 
um, or it somehow makes it okay. And especially when you see a celebrity attack a celebrity, but again, not going to go there. Um, I'm going to try not, you know me, I'm not very good at that. So we'll, we'll see. Uh, but uh, so I just wanted to, to kind of reinforce, um, reinforce actor safety, because like I said, I think this is the time where we need to do it since people are seeing this kind of behavior um, more and more. And um, like I said, this is, this has always been a problem. There's always been an issue about, you know, actors feeling unsafe or actors getting hit or actors getting punched or whatever. And um, that is, I hate to say it, but that's kind of part of what we do. You know, uh, when you, when you scare somebody, you know, I, and I've said it for many, many years. So if you've heard me say it before, I apologize, but I'm going to say it again because it still applies with most haunted attractions. What you're doing is you're taking people and in, in many cases, feeding them alcohol or, or other intoxicants of some sort, whether you're doing it or whether it's happening before they get to you um, and then putting them in the dark and scaring them. So their reactions, well, first and foremost, anything that can come out of a human will. And there are those performers who view that as a badge of honor. You know, I made a big guy pee. I made a big guy pee, you know, that, that whole thing. But I think what we're going to see and what I'm afraid we're going to see more and more is the fight or flight response. And, you know, if you're in a, a crowded, um, if you're in a crowded queue, especially like in a theme park haunt, for example, the opportunity to run away when you get scared is not an option. And so all you can do is, is fight. And that's unfortunately a human response. Let's hope that, you know, people recognize that's not a real zombie, but you know, if we're doing our jobs, right, we've created an atmosphere where they, for that fleeting moment may believe that it's a real zombie. So it's kind of a catch 22. Are we, are we going to be realistic enough to be scary but also realistic enough that makes people feel they need to defend themselves or defend their families. So uh, this is, this is not at all a new problem. This is something that has been around forever. The one thing that I do think is interesting. And again, I'm not a psychologist. So, you know, this is my opinion. Um, you can completely disagree with me and, and maybe, you know, find more ways to, to, prove me wrong and, and show other alternatives. But I, I really think that coming out of the pandemic and coming out of the separation that we've gone through, I think this has done two things. Um, I think to start with it, it may have actually increased the issue um, now that we're back in, in, in the real world, because if you think about it, you know, for the last two ish years, um, we've been we've been isolated from other people, and we a lot of our for many people, our communication has been through social media. And when we don't like something, what we'll do is you know we'll we'll rant about it or we'll get into huge arguments. Well, now we have a way to physicalize that disagreement or physicalize that that power, and we want to make that. We want to make that impact. It's like, I want to make sure that I'm so angry that it, and, and I keep making a fist. If you're watching the video, I keep making a fist because we're so angry. So I think it's, I, I think it has, has stunted our social interaction just a little bit. Hopefully we'll recover, but 
I think that's part of it. On the flip side, though, because during the pandemic, those uh, haunted attractions that were were open and operating, I, I think you guys, I think we all had the opportunity to figure out what are ways to make things safer? Because if you think about it, the things that kept physical distancing um, during during the pandemic as far as spreading disease um, are also things that can be adapted and utilized for um, physical attacks as well. You know, one of my favorites is is the, the the haunts, and there were a couple that actually created a, a catwalk above the the guest performance space, and that's where the performer was. But they were using rods to create to animate puppets and uh, and props from above, so that you know the worst that could happen is the guest will punch the prop, which of course we don't want either. But um, the, the it certainly doesn't hurt anybody and doesn't create a major lawsuit. So I, I think those kinds of things we've already started to experiment with, um, even down to, you know, the, the many haunts who, who developed ways to hide um, masks in, well, masks and, and keep them, you know, hidden and make them part of the, the costume. I think we can do that uh, again. We can expand on that and do that to help protect the performers. If we feel that there's going to be more violence going on, um, in the, in the upcoming season. Again, I hope I'm wrong, but I'd rather talk about it now. Um, so I guess the question is, what can we do to make certain that our, our performers, our actors are going to remain safe? And a lot of this is review, but I think we, it, it, now is a good time to sort of talk through it again, just to make sure that we are checking all the boxes to make sure that nobody, none of our performers end up bleeding or, and I know, yes, I know there are those haunters who walk out of uh, a haunt experience going, wearing their, their bruises and their, their contusions like badges of honor. But, you know, haunt owners, if you're listening to this, you clearly don't want to have um, a worker's comp situation. You clearly don't want to have um, an injury that takes place on property that ends up, you know, one, one major lawsuit can, can destroy your annual profit. So, Looking at it with a little bit of a business hat, um, what can we do to not to make certain our, our performers do not get injured? And also in this day and age, staffing, you know, if someone gets injured and has to leave, that's one less staff member that you have. And you're probably struggling to get them all to begin with. So uh, I know there are some haunts that aren't, but but in many cases, there's more competition out there. There's more people who recognize, you know, I, I don't really want to work. I'd much rather just go and play and and get, I don't know what that, that face was. I made a really goofy face if you're watching the video. Um, so, so let's, let's go back and just, just review real quick. Some of the, the simplest things that we can do to help protect our performers. I always say design for safety, make certain that uh, people can make sure that the, the way you design your haunt is, is the safest it possibly can be um, for the performers and for the guests. I will give you an example of, of how I did this wrong once, and you'll understand exactly why it's wrong. Uh, in an Egyptian-themed haunt that I designed, I thought it would be really cool to have actors and, and put them into a carved foam wall and actually carve out where the actors were in sort of an Egyptian pose and then put them in uh, Egyptian makeup and costume and then have them jump out of the wall and like the wall comes alive. 
Um, this is basically an invitation for guests to punch them uh, because they had absolutely no way of getting out. They were in essence trapped in the, the carved out foam. Um, it was a dumb thing to do on my part. And if any of you have done it and not had this problem, great. Um, but I will never, ever do anything like that again. And if I do, I will make some alterations. Uh, first and foremost, escape routes. Make it so that the performers can get away. So if I were to ever do that again, they would be, instead of carved out of the foam, they would be cut out so that the performers could all of a sudden just back up and get out of the way if they see somebody trying to do something stupid. Um, escape routes in general, I think, are important. Um, you know, we've all heard those horror stories of, of guests, um, some sometimes sometimes inebriated, sometimes not, who find ways to um, sneak back around and scare the crap out of the, the, the performer or even injure them. Um, I've heard many stories about uh, guests coming back who got scared in front of their friends and didn't want to be scared. So they, they, they remember where the performer is. They come back through again and they intentionally hurt them. Um, the worst story I ever heard was somebody snuck in and while one of their buddies distracted the performer, the other one snuck around behind them and picked them up and basically body slammed them into the ground. Everybody has those stories. I, I wish they didn't, but they all have stories that are, that are like that. Um, so by creating a, a scenario where the performer has an escape, they can get away. They can get into a back area where they can then break character and say, look, dude, stop. Or, you know, it, it's yeah. make sure that there is more than one way out so that no one gets cornered and no one gets trapped. Um, make certain that you can design. And this is something, again, that we learned a bit more for the for uh, during the pandemic. If there are situations where you think um, performers might be vulnerable, make sure that you build certain protective equipment into their costuming, for example. Um, I've had situations where uh, there were performers who were uh, camo blends in like a, a 3D haunt or a, a, a black light haunt, and they were 3D camo blends that were blending up against the wall. And through no fault of the guest, really, they would walk through with their hands out in front of them, touching the wall as they go. And there were several people who, several performers who said, I don't want to do this because I'm constantly getting groped. People are walking up and, you know, touching my chest or touching my, 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 uh, the parts that my underwear covers. I'll talk to you like you're a, a toddler or a five-year-old. Um, yeah, the, you know, they, they feel as though they're touched inappropriately. So, um, and that is, and that is legit. You know, people don't want, some people don't want to be groped. I had to put that caveat in there because I have friends, but the, uh, the idea here is what can you do to help that? And it's really, really, it's actually quite simple. Um, you build in a chest plate or even like a, uh, an umpire's chest plate, which actually covers the groin area and you put it underneath the costume. So that if that kind of mistake does happen, the performer doesn't, it, it doesn't feel violated by it. Um, obviously, if they still do, move the performer, move them to somewhere else. But um, at least you've done your due diligence to try to protect them in some way. Uh, I, I think this is, I think this is true with um, like with, well, 
more more physically active characters like sliders you know i i obviously they need their their shin guards or their knee pads and their steel-toed boots um gloves i think wrist guards are probably the most important thing uh because the moment they start to fall forward you're going to put your hands out and from personal experience i think i've told the, the my power skip story many many times but very early on i was trying a new pair of power skips which at my age, I'd never do anymore, but I was trying a, a pair of power skips. I was not wearing wrist guards and I, I caught the toe of my skip and fell and slid across blacktop and basically pulled off a huge chunk of my palm, which to this day, I can actually still see where it was. It was not pretty. So um, <clears throat> make sure that uh, in addition to those kinds of, of safety gear uh, that you you consider in the costuming safety gear that's going to protect the the performer from any sort of of guest violence. Um, just make sure that they're they're safe. I think you also have to look at um, you know we talked about fight or flight. You have to look at opportunities as to where the scare comes from and where the guest is going to retreat to. Uh, and this is also important for guest safety as well. You know, if you're, if you're working in a scare zone, which is not in a confined space, make sure that you're not scaring them over a curb um, so that they trip and fall and hurt themselves. Get, recognize that there is going to be an angle of quote unquote attack from the performer. And there also needs to be an angle of retreat for the guest. Uh, because if a guest is cornered, they will hit. And if they're already going in there to try to, raise a little bit of hell they're they're gonna do it even more when when they're trapped and they can't get out of there so um make sure that you you recognize that the guest needs to have an escape route so that you know even if they're not going in there intentionally to be violent against the performer they're not encouraged to do so because they feel they have no other option and and finally well, not finally, but in this particular case, let's talk a little bit about training, um, training of performers. You know, uh, the the idea, uh, there's a phrase that I've used for uh, way too long, and that is make the scare and get out of there. Um, get in, make the startle and leave. Uh, if you're in a situation where, you know, you can't read your guest, um, m- make sure that you stay out of the the distance of them throwing a punch. Um, don't linger once you get in there. Don't get in there and just get up in their face. Uh, you can make a startle. There's a difference between being startling and being just annoying. Annoying is not fear. Being annoyed is not fear. Um, a startle is great. Atmosphere is fine. Atmosphere scares are fine, but they don't require you to be up in somebody's face to the point where uh, for you to be up in someone's face long enough for them to hit you. That's my opinion. There are people who disagree with that, uh, who want to get up there and, you know, just get right up in people's faces. And, 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 and I just want to touch their nose. It's like, boop, gotcha. Because um, you don't scare me when you do that. You're just, you're just annoying. And what it does to me is it shows the insecurity of the performer because I didn't scream enough when they first jumped out. They're going to just keep going until they get the response that they want. And for me personally, it takes me in the opposite direction. I'm like, no, now you're just being dumb. Stop trying to talk me into being scared. That's a whole nother show. We'll talk about that. It has been another show many, many times. 
Um, but again, make sure that the training is there <clears throat> so that uh, the, the performers themselves scare in a way that it makes it less likely that they're going to be to be injured by an angry guest. Um, because I think it's important to recognize that, unfortunately, performers can protect themselves but can't fight back. The moment you fight back, and again, not a legal expert, but based on my experience, once the performer fights back uh, or and doesn't walk away and make sure that they contact the proper um, authority or people, um, hopefully that's maybe even police who happen to be on site um, or security. There's a trained security team um, to take care of the situation. The moment they fight back, if it ever turns into a fight back brawl, then both sides there's, there's legal opportunities on both sides. So, um, and I always say that if the performer ends up fighting back, not just protecting themselves, but actively going after the guest after they've done something stupid, then the guest is one because that's what they wanted to do. They wanted to get you to break character and provoke and provoke a, an interaction. So my strongest recommendation is to have, again, talking to the haunt owners out there um, or haunt managers, make sure that you have some security in place, whether that is local police, uh, off-duty police, or some security, and have a plan so that if this happens, every single performer, every single actor, every single stage manager, every single technician knows exactly what to do. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, one suggestion that has been used very successfully by a lot of different organizations is to either have the performer or one of the other performers in the area, follow the person out, have security at the exit and point out the person, explain what happened and have security deal with it. Um, the moment you get a performer in conflict with a guest, the haunt's going to lose. It's, it's just that simple. Um, let security be security. Let, you know, police be police. And yes, this is a budgetary issue, but it's just something you might want to consider for this year. And if you do it already, great. Um, and maybe, you know, maybe that's who you talk to. Maybe there's the real expert that you talk to and you, you know, throw this information out the window, talk to your security people, talk to your police and say, you know, have you noticed an increase in, in unprovoked violence against performers or unprovoked violence in general? And, um, and, and maybe they can help guide you. So just make sure, just make sure that you stay legal. Now, here's the big question. There's always going to be those diehard haunters. And I totally understand your point of view who will say, well, I'm not going to back down. I'm just going to go in there and I'm going to scare the crap out of people. And that's just the way I'm going to do it. And I'm not saying don't be scary. I'm not saying don't be aggressively scary. If that is the, the style of your haunt. What I am saying is find a balance. Um, you know, a lot of this has to do with, with reading people. And I don't mean reading people. I mean, reading people as far as who's going to do what. Um, and, and, you know, the, once you, once you learn that, uh, you're going to be far safer. And honestly, you'll be a much better scare actor. Just saying. I, but I'm not saying, you know, let's put every, let's wrap everybody in bubble wrap and keep them seven and a half feet away from everybody and uh, not be scary. I'm not saying that at all. What I am saying is 
Find the balance that is right for you and your organization and have these kinds of discussions. You know, that's really what my show is all about is giving you opportunities to have these discussions. And if you disagree with me and you find that you want to go in a completely different direction, I'm golden with that. I'm just here to share what I've done uh, and what I've seen work in the past. Will it always work for you? I don't know that. I don't know that. But I think because of what we've seen recently, we need to find that balance. And, and by we, I mean you, you need to find the balance that is right for you and your organization. So ask these questions, have these discussions now while you're planning and uh, make sure that you are properly prepared and properly budgeted to make certain that your performers stay safe. As kind of a, a last word, I really, really hope that this entire episode was unnecessary. I really, really hope that we do not see a fallout from this rash of, well, small rash, but I think growing rash of violence against performers and it's unprovoked violence against performers for whatever reason. I want to make sure that people don't feel that I disagree with you, so therefore I can hit you. I'm hoping that mentality does not... um, seep deeper and deeper into the haunted attraction industry. So have these discussions, make these preparations, reevaluate, just take a moment to reevaluate what the, this new season is going to hold for you as far as um, protection against guest violence. And, and hopefully fingers crossed, it won't be an issue at all, but I think it's better to be prepared uh, and not need that preparation than to not be prepared and have someone injured or hurt uh, on your staff or, or a guest. All right. So there's my rant. I will, I will step down off my soapbox and, uh, and hope that, that you got at least something out of this. And um, as, as I said earlier, I'm, I'm in Houston, Texas. I will be here on and off throughout the month. So uh, I'll be here all week. Enjoy the veal. So anyway, um, Thank you. Thank you for listening. And uh, if you have not joined the the newsletter, please go to scottswenson.com. And on the landing page, right underneath my picture, I think it's underneath my picture. It's on the landing page. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's underneath my picture. Is a place where you can just click, give me your email address. And once a month, you'll get an email with everything that I'm doing, not just from a hot standpoint, but from, uh, from my entire career. And there's always some sort of uh, guest, on- or I'm sorry, member only uh, member only content. Sometimes it's a download. Sometimes it's a video. Uh, recently it's been videos of the different places that I've been just so you can kind of get an experience uh, of what it's like at the Indianapolis zoo, or um, I just might do one for space center Houston since I'm here, who knows. Um, but that said, go to scottswenson.com and join the newsletter and you'll get something from me once a month. Um, don't panic. I do not sell your information, nor do I bug you constantly about stuff. Uh, I will say that I, uh, I've got a lot of haunt stuff coming up. And as soon as I can talk about it, I will. And it will probably be the, the most in-depth information will be in the newsletter when it happens. So if you're interested in following that side, go to scottswenson.com, sign up for the newsletter. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, this is Scott Swenson from A Scott in the Dark saying, rest in peace.
is a haunted attraction network. <laughs>